Hey there, faculty and students. This week's podcast is going to be a little bit different, less about UMass's curriculum renovation project, and instead a bit personal and hopefully a little bit funny for you. Let's categorize this podcast as falling under the physician as person competency from our own medical school's learning objectives. Being an educator during the pandemic has certainly been a wild ride for all of us, but personally, being a mother to four kids at various educational phases during this time has been straight up crazy. I'm happy to say that everyone's back in school in a quasi-normal way this year, but I still miss all of those parent activities we used to participate in in the school building that have gone away. Though the kids are back in the building full-time, There still have been no parent-teacher conferences, we're not doing on-site PTA meetings, and there are no volunteers allowed in the library, which is where I used to show up. Don't get me wrong, I would never have been crowned parent of the year by my children's public school, but I show my face as often as, as possible. So when my youngest child's teacher asked a couple weeks ago if any parents wanted to come in and talk about what they do for work or their hobbies, I jumped at that chance. The teacher seemed a little nervous when we chatted about what I might talk about. So are you going to talk about how hard it is to be a doctor, she said, or what kind of schooling you have to go through, something like that? Oh no, I promised, nothing that boring. In the back of my mind, though, I was remembering a similar request from about four or five years ago from one of my older daughter's then second grade teacher, where my enthusiasm for teaching about medicine was viewed as kind of weird. Um, her science-oriented teacher asked if anyone had wanted to come in, and, and um, specifically if I wanted to come in and talk about doctoring. And so I went to the local butcher shop and got some cow hearts for us to dissect as a class. Um, but I wasn't allowed to come in after the teacher held a similar preparatory conference with me about that intended activity. Apparently, cutting up cow meat um, in a second grade classroom is not in line with the teacher's planned STEM goals and standards. So back to the present 2021, I had this past event in mind while we were meeting and I needed to think of something that was engaging, but not too weird or not too gross. And by the way, I have a terrible frame of reference for what is too weird or too gross. It's been a quality that's been embarrassing my children for going on almost two decades now. What if I made the talk about how doctors see inside bodies, I asked her. I can show x-rays, I can bring stethoscopes and plastic heart models, and maybe some lung and diaphragm models. I left the trip to the butcher out of the planning this time around. Perfect, she said. Remember that fourth graders don't sit still for long, so don't try to pack in too much. Hey, neither do resident physicians, I responded. I had four other big presentations that week, but this was the one that I was by far the most nervous about. If your nerdy mom comes in and embarrasses you in front of 20 of your friends, that can be a social disaster for a fourth grader. My youngest child is probably the only one of my four that cares that much about his social status, so I was a little bit worried there. On the day of the presentation, I came 30 minutes early because I knew the kids would be at recess, and I was also hoping to do all the stuff like log into the school's Wi-Fi, set up the speakers for my auscultation demo, uh, connect my laptop to the overhead projector. And I knew that all of that would be a recipe for a total tech disaster. But I was pleasantly surprised to meet the school's IT person in the classroom, um, which the teacher had arranged for me. He was thrilled that I'd come early and I responded, hey, I teach at a medical school, every lesson carries within it a hidden potential for tech disaster. But for this fourth grade presentation, the tech setup was totally smooth. 
I'm very comfortable protecting my voice in a mask. I spend all day in my own clinical work in a mask, but I was not prepared for how hard it was to hear these little high-pitched nine-year-old voices through their masks. Just another thing our underappreciated teachers are dealing with this in, in these pandemic times. I nodded as my son came into the classroom and he silently nodded back to me. I'd already been warned not to hug him since that would be hugely embarrassing for him. The opportunity to introduce myself by a name other than Wesley's mom was very welcome. Sometimes having a different last name than my four children leads to all sorts of confusion since I'm not really Mrs. Tisdell, but instead Dr. Seymour. Um, I was called Wesley's mom anyway through most of that presentation, which is fine. I started the activity by telling them that I love talking about my job, but I was also there because I wanted to recruit them. We have a critical shortage of doctors and nurses, and I asked them to all seriously think about going to medical school if they liked what we were talking about today um, so that we don't still have this problem in 20 years. And I got serious nods all around the room. Later, one of the students asked me if that was why she saw nurses outside of St. Vincent's Hospital advertising the hospital. Did they just need more help? And as I thought about that prolonged nurses strike at St. Vincent's Hospital, I guess staffing kind of sort of is the issue, so I just answered her with a yes. I started off by telling the students that doctors are detectives and fixers. We solve mysteries and then we try to find solutions to problems. On my slides, I used a little figure of a detective and the fix-it-feel-it character, for those of you who are familiar with the Wreck-It Ralph movies, as a symbol for, for, for those things within the presentation. We talked about using our senses to understand what's going on with patients, our eyes to see them and to see their x-rays, our ears to hear the story about how they're feeling, um, as well as to hear their heart and their lungs with our stethoscopes. We can use our hands to feel lumps and bumps or sore spots on their body when we examine them, and we can even smell some diseases. But the kids quickly pointed out that we should probably never use our fifth sense to taste patients, and I confirmed that this was true. Although, part of me was thinking about that salty tasting skin that used to help diagnose kids with cystic fibrosis in the old days. We looked at normal x-rays of the chest. We listened on the speakers to normal lung sounds. We used disposable stethoscopes to listen to each other's lungs. And we played with a model that I had made um, of the diaphragm and the lungs using balloons and empty soda bottles. We looked at uh, grapes and talked about how their structure was similar to the little air-filled sacs that we call alveoli. Then we solved a mystery about a boy with a cough and a fever. We listened to his abnormal breath sounds on the speaker, and we looked at his abnormal chest x-ray on the screen, but most importantly, we listened to his story and his dad's story about his illness and what he was feeling. The kids were so excited to compare what they were hearing and seeing in this case with what they had just learned was normal, um, and we figured out together that he had a lung infection called pneumonia, and it actually turns out that their teacher had just been absent because her son had pneumonia, so it was, it was relevant to their immediate lives in this classroom. Um, we went through this process again to learn about the heart, and we solved a quote-unquote pump problem in that example. Um, and finally, uh, one student volunteer got to don the full COVID PPE that I wear when caring for COVID patients on the wards. And that was a fun activity, though he did report that it was hot and sweaty with all that gear on, and I could not agree more. My planned activity was over, but they had so many questions. Like many of you, this kind of off-the-cuff questioning that comes after a teaching session is what I really love, um, even if it is a little intimidating. Uh, what's that black thing below the diaphragm on the x-ray? Well, that's the gastric bubble, kind of like a burp. 
What happens when the wind get knocks, gets knocked out of you? What's the cure for hiccups? How is your stethoscope different from these cheap ones that you brought for us? What happens in the medical school if your students are bored with what you're trying to teach them? What other equipment do you use? How many surgeries have you done? Do you know how many bones there are in the human body? This Q&A session went on for another hour and I simultaneously felt badly that I hadn't planned more material, but I was also impressed at the attention span of these nine-year-olds. Um, they all seemed happy and interested, even my son, who hears a good deal of this material on the regular in our two-physician household. And finally, someone asked, how do you become a doctor? Well, I said, you have to be curious and you have to enjoy listening to people's stories. If you've got those two characteristics, then the rest will fall into place with a little bit of effort at school in the mix as well. The teacher thanked me and I packed up my gear in the big old laundry hamper that I had brought it all in with. And as I nodded to my son again to preserve his coolness, he jumped out of his chair and he hugged me even in the front of all his friends. Best teaching recognition ever.